what's wrong with us? Like, do you sense this too? Like, and I'm not just talking about the events of the last few weeks at the time I'm recording this. Yeah. I'm, I'm on my mind is the school shooting in Texas. Like seriously, 19 little kids. And it, but it's bigger than that. And it's not about guns. It's a lot broader than that. You just get this sense that there's something wrong with us. And I want to give you my theory and I want to talk about it from the standpoint of leading people. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. Yeah, I know nobody <laughs> nobody wants to listen to an episode about what's wrong with us. And certainly I'm not any expert that can diagnose societal problems or issues you or me or others that what we're having. But I I think as leaders of teams and, and those teams can be in the company that we work at or that we own, or it can be at church or it can be in our own home or it could be in the neighborhood, it could be anywhere. As leaders, I think we have to take a uh, take a step back and look at some of the things that are happening in, in society. And I want to, I want to, I want to offer a, uh, I want to take a position. I want to, I want to give you an opinion and then you can think for yourself, yeah, Rush, you're totally right on that. I think this is something that we're dealing with in uh, in our on our teams and in society and our homes and all those sorts of things. Or you can you can uh, totally disagree with me and go, okay, the dude's lost it. <laughs> the, the guy's lost his mind, which you're free to do. My job in this podcast is to get you to think about how you can how you, how you lead others. And uh, and and your own path toward achieving whatever it is you're trying to achieve, right? So, welcome into the Culture Hacks Podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living not diagnosing <laughs> societal problems, but in coaching and consulting senior executive teams of some of the world's largest companies. You can find out more at LoneRockConsulting.com. Okay, so I uh, I was listening to a. a um, a, a talk show, a podcast the other day, I, I had a trip to uh, a client and I would, I got on the plane. I was tired. And so I had downloaded a few different podcasts that I don't normally listen to. And I thought, I thought they would put me to sleep. And so I started listening to them thinking, okay, I'm going to listen to like five, 10 minutes as soon as I sat down in the airplane and then I'll zone and, and, and good. So I listened to this one talk show host. So I've listened, I haven't listened to um, him in years and um, and he was talking about the school shooting in Texas. You all, I, I grew up in San Antonio. Uvalde, Texas is not that far away from San Antonio. It's down in the area of Texas that I know well and that uh, that I grew up in. And um, and I, I think this shooting has hit home for it, it's hit close to the vest, if you will. It's affected so many of us. And I'm not going to get into that. There are all kinds of good discussions that need to be happening to diagnose why certain things are happening in society. And this is not the, the show or the podcast. And 
I, I'm so sick of political debates that I, I don't even want to even get engaged in some of the some of the the yelling that goes on there. It, I mean, if there's a discussion that's like where people are actually listening to each other and trying to work together to come up with solutions, I'm all for it. But that's just not what the media feeds us. And um, and that's unfortunate. And so I'm, I, I don't have any interest in, in those discussions right now. I, and good for you if you do. Awesome. I, I hope that they're productive. What I'm interested in and what this what this talk show host was saying was um, he said, you know, let's talk about let's let's not talk about guns right out of the gate. And again, I'm not giving any judgment on whether we should or shouldn't have a conversation about that. Some of you listening are going, oh, my gosh, guns are the problem. And others of you are listening and saying, no, they aren't at all. And I don't have a I, 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 I am not the person who is interested in facilitating that debate. OK, and so th- this this political talk show is saying, I'm not, not going to talk about guns. I want to talk about what's wrong with our society. Why? And and he went through school shooting after school shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting and talked about how so many of them have been carried out by 18 year old men. And I thought that was super interesting, not all of them, but a lot of them have. And and what's wrong with that? And then he went into fentanyl use and drug use and, you know, shared a lot of the data and numbers around that. And I thought and, and so his premise was um, young people um, that there's something wrong. Something is happening that's driving people to higher rates of suicide, especially among younger people, higher rates of suicide, higher rates of drug use, prescription drug use, all of that, higher rates of depression, higher rates. I mean, more occasions. And again, you can debate the numbers and look at the statistics and use them however you want to 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 advance your argument. Um, But, you know, just these shootings like the one in Uvalde. that just defy logic like why why little kids and um and so the the premise of this talk show was something's wrong with us and i agree i totally agree and so you 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 stand back and you think well what's causing that and it's not like there's never been issues in society with young people or challenges or older people or middle-aged people or no there have been issues but don't you i mean we we had a an organization we work with that was that's having a discussion about a um, a value that they have in their organization. They've just in they've in, just introduced and it's around the well being of people. And well being is is a topic that started coming up in organizations like five years ago. And when I say well being, I'm talking about the mental, emotional, physical, just like people being t- looking after themselves, their well being, and um, and so it was really interesting to have this company. This is a fortune 10 company make that a, you know, kind of value or leadership principle recently. And there's a ton of buzz, a ton of value, ton of discussion happening in their organization around that being a priority in, in their company. And so I'm going to play for you here in a moment, a clip. And this is um, a clip from a religious leader, but I'm not, it's not someone who's, preaching any particular religion. It's somebody who made this speech in 2012 on the campus of the school I went to, which is a religious university, part of the church that I've been a, a part of my whole life, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And those of you who listen to this podcast for a long time know I don't, I don't, I don't 
you know, this isn't a, a spiritual or religious podcast, but my, my faith is a big part of me and it's, and it, and it, and it affects the way I want to lead others. And you may have spiritual faith that does that for you, or it may be, you know, it may not be religious, but it's spiritual for you as well. Or it could be, could be, it, it could come from lots of different sources and, and that's awesome. And I highly recommend that, but you know, you do you and I'll do me. Right. And so, um, this speech in 2012, I thought at the time when I heard it, I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I think this person is, is, uh, probably overplaying the negative impact of virtual of the virtual world of all the time, the increasing amount of time that we're spending on our devices. You all, it seems like smartphones have been around forever, right? Like you've had an iPhone forever or you've had whatever. No, you haven't. No, like you social media it seems like oh these platforms tiktok is all the rage right now it could be instagram or whatever what like no they're new like in the grand scheme of things they're new and so we don't really know and there are movies out there and and tv shows and documentaries and data around around the impact and 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 uh and so at the time that the speech was made i thought well i i think this person might be oh i wonder if they're overplaying the, you know, kind of the negative potential impact of social media and technology and the virtual world. And now I wonder if they weren't totally seeing things before the rest of us saw them. So I'm going to play this clip. It's like two or three minutes long. And I want you to think about just think, just analyze it, process it in your mind, react to what this per, you know, just think about what goes through your mind. Because my, my theory is that part of the disconnect, part of the emotional things that we're, we're feeling, you all, I, I'm going to get to this speech in just a second, the clip, because I really, really want you to hear it. I think it's really interesting, but like, you all know, if you listen to this podcast for a long time, that I go to the gym like five, six days a week. And because of the impact on how it makes me feel. And that's super important to me for lots of different reasons, mentally, emotionally, physically, all that. And it's interesting to me how many people at the gym look really, really fit. I was talking to a, a colleague of mine who lives in the state of Utah. Uh, this was like two or three years ago. And he was saying, man, everyone I know is like chiseled. <laughs> and this is a 40 year old man. He's like, I, it's like bizarre. And, and he, he played division one college football. And, um, and, and he, so he's athletic and, and, uh, has always worked out and yada, yada. And he's like, and, and he was talking about how, man, I'm struggling to keep up as a 40 year old former college athlete with people my age now. And, and, and so we were just having this conversation, um, on at dinner one night when we were, you know, with a client in another, whatever city it was at the time, I don't even remember. And I think about that sometimes now, and I think, man, there's so many people, and there've been a lot of people at gyms now, but they're they're just everywhere, and and it's yeah, you got obese people, and you got old people, and you got people that are whatever, but you have a lot of like chiseled people, and it's interesting to me. The other day when I was um, at the gym, I went at a time when there were more teenagers um, at the gym than typically, and and school just got out here in Arizona recently, and so. Um, so they can go at different hours. I'm used to going to the gym when everybody's in school. And so there aren't that, there aren't that many people there. And it was as, as all these, um, younger people were in the gym that day it was interesting to me how many of them were taking selfies, how many of them were posing and like 
they do a couple of exercises, but several of many of them were more interested in that than the actual. I mean, you don't want to take a picture of me working out because I look like oh, I can't breathe and I'm sweaty and I just I'm just trying to survive the workout. Right. Get through it. Push through it and um, and and actually lift that 10 pound dumbbell. And and so I thought that was interesting. So what drives that? What causes that? What, why do so many people feel depressed? Why do they feel disconnected? Why is, and, and you add in them into the mix, and I know I'm all over the place, but hopefully you're tracking with me. You add in COVID and, and our lack of being able to interact um, in person to person, and then you add in mask and you add in social distancing, and then you, and you accelerate the amount of time we spend in a virtual world. And there's so many positive aspects of that. Like our company is dramatically affected. Our company would not exist. The, the amount of revenue, what we're doing, our success would absolutely not be possible if it weren't for the acceleration of um, the use of virtual tools in company meetings and settings. I'm on a plane so much less, you all, because I can just log into the meeting. I'm, I can work with four or five different clients a day virtually in different meetings it's awesome imagine the effect that has on our revenue and how many clients we can work with versus having to get on a plane and travel to different consulting and coaching clients like this amazing technological advances in just the last few years that we're so we're benefiting from enormously and yet at the same time doesn't it seem like we're paying a price with the lack of connection and then you add in like what's the impact of that on a 16 year old or 15 year old. And it's interesting to me, the shooter sending direct messages on different platforms before he went and shot his grandmother in the face and then went on to the, went on to the uh, elementary school campus. And, and I remember reading an interview with a, a girl in Germany who said she got the direct message. One of the direct messages where this kid was saying, Hey, I'm going to go do this. It wasn't like a post. It wasn't a post on like Facebook that everybody could see. It was a direct message on Facebook. I think maybe it was TikTok. I can't remember. Anyway, it was a direct message. Yeah, no, it was Facebook. Yeah. And, um, and, and she was like, I didn't know whether to take that seriously. Well, why is this kid reaching out to a girl in Germany who he doesn't even really know? She's like, I didn't really even know him. He added me like a year ago or whatever. And we chat a little bit, but I, you know, like that's his connection. And so she didn't know if he was serious or whatever. And then now you can imagine her reaction um, with what ha- what he actually did. And you think, well, why was that kid seeking that in a virtual world? What would, what would have happened it, 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 predating this technology if that kid had felt that way? Like it felt isolated or angry or whatever he was going through in his life. You, and, and you didn't have the ability to, to communicate virtually or through technology. You'd probably talk to a friend. You'd probably go to your buddy's house or you'd probably go to whatever. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. I, I, it's just interesting to think about. And so you're going to listen to this clip, you all, from 2012 with a, a a leader inside the religion that I'm a part of, but this could be anybody in, in, in it doesn't even, it could be someone who's not even religious talking about um, some concerns that he had in 2012 about how technology might be starting to affect us. I think it's super interesting to realize this was 
10 years ago. Here's the clip. I'll come back and then I'll offer some thoughts and ask you some questions about how you react. By the way, the name of this individual is David Bednar. And in the church that I'm a member of, he is a, a member. We, we call we call him an apostle. He's he's one of the a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So one of the highest ranking leaders of our global church. And um, and he's giving this speech on a college campus, BYU in Provo, um, ten years ago. Listen to this. Today, I raise an apostolic voice of warning about the potentially stifling, suffocating, suppressing, and constraining impact of some kinds of cyberspace interactions and experiences upon our souls. The concerns I raise are not new. They apply equally to other types of media, such as television, movies, and music. But brothers and sisters, in a cyber world, these challenges are more pervasive and intense. I plead with you to beware of the sense-dulling and spiritually destructive influence of cyberspace technologies that are used to produce high fidelity and that promote degrading and evil purposes. Please be careful of becoming so immersed and engrossed in pixels, texting, earbuds, twittering, online social networking, and potentially addictive uses of media and the internet that you fail to recognize the importance of your physical body and miss the richness of person-to-person communication. Beware of digital displays and data in many forms of computer-mediated interaction that can displace the full range of physical capacity and experience. Initially, the investment of time may seem relatively harmless rationalized as a few minutes of needed relief from the demands of a hectic daily schedule. But important opportunities are missed for developing and improving interpersonal skills, for laughing and crying together, and for creating a rich and enduring bond of emotional intimacy. Progressively, seemingly innocent entertainment can become a form of pernicious enslavement. Nearly 40% of men and 53% of women who play online games said that their virtual friends were equal to or better than their real-life friends, according to a survey of 30,000 gamers conducted by a recent Ph.D. graduate from Stanford University. More than a quarter of gamers who responded indicated that the emotional highlight of the past week occurred in a computer world. Aren't those statistics so interesting? And you all, that's from 2012. What would those numbers be today? And he says, by the way, those are those are clips from this speech, which I'll put a link to the full. There's a YouTube video of this speech if you want to watch the whole thing from David Bednar um, on the campus of BYU in 2012. The link is in the show notes. You can swipe up or over and whatever podcasting app you're listening to this in and you can tap on that. And if you want to watch the whole video, you're welcome to do that. Um, those are those are clips from throughout the speech edited together. And um, and and he, he makes the point several times like, man, I'm not calling technology bad. I'm not saying that, you know, whatever. I, there are really good uses of it. There's, you know, all of that. But but he's clearly giving a very strong warning. And it's one of the reasons one of the things I look to for the religious leaders, the spiritual leaders and and actually business leaders and economic, I mean, like every leader I look to to be able to see further ahead than I can. 
Like that's the value of a really effective leader, right? To be up on the tower looking ahead and being able to to see the horizon and say, hey, I'm seeing this coming. I tried to do it for you in in, a, in an episode or two or three ago about the economic storm, right? And since I recorded that and we pushed it out, there's just more and more and more um, data out there and more and more experts going, oh, crud. This looks like some severe turbulence in the economy. It could be the worst we've ever experienced. So I'm looking, and they may, they may be wrong, right? It, it may not be that at all, but you look to leaders to be able to tell you, what, do I, what am I not looking at? What am I not considering? What am I not seeing that I ought to be thinking about? So here, in my case, is a spiritual leader in the religion that I'm a part of. And um, and saying it, it, ten years ago, be aware of some of these the, the impacts of this technology, and you you can listen to that and go, oh, he's, he was totally wrong. Yeah, what what a uh, what an out of touch um, person who's fighting technology, and he just needs to deal with that's the way we live. You could look at it that way, and some of you might, and and or you could look at it and go, crud, I think he's probably right. I um I deleted Instagram from my phone maybe two or three months ago. And I was pretty active on Instagram. In fact, I posted quite a bit. I had a bit, I have a business account, you know, that for clients and people who followed me in, in different interactions over the years. And then I have my, my personal one. And both of them, I, I was pretty active on um, posting Instagram stories and doing whatever. And then I made the decision. I stopped doing that a while back. Frankly, I didn't have that much to post. And I was so busy in the first year of our new company in, in Lone Rock Consulting, launching our company that um, it wasn't, it wasn't a priority. And then they're just, we weren't going like on any fancy trips as a family because of COVID, right? Like all of us. So there was, it just wasn't that much to, to post. And, and, and also the posts of other people I thought were pretty boring. Like no one's posting that much because we're, none of us are going or doing anything interesting at the time. That's changing now. Anyway, I, so I was using social media less and then, and then the people that I, the social media platforms that I used, it was just, there was so much rancor, so much division so much anger that like facebook i just like swore off of during the last election i couldn't handle it anymore i think that's getting better but maybe not and and twitter the same like i totally unfollowed like a million folks and 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 removed like political voices from my twitter feed and that was so helpful to my mental and emotional well-being because just angry all the time. I've talked about that in previous podcast episodes, but I specifically deleted Instagram like a couple of months ago and I didn't feel like I missed anything. And then I re-added it to my phone. I can't remember why. I think I, some reason I added it recently and I, and I've been on it a few times in the last, let's call it two weeks. And I'm just so, I, I've been struck by how it hasn't added anything to my life. Like, I don't feel like, oh my gosh, it's so good to be back. No, I don't. And it's interesting because you know how it tells you in Instagram, for those who use it quite a bit, you know, it tells you, oh, you're caught up in, but with all the posts that people have made, like, it's crazy to me. Like I'll see three, <laughs> three posts or four pictures that people have posted. It's like, yo, you're caught up for the last two days. I'm like, well, I haven't been on for two or three days. Like nobody posted anything except for, you know, a very, 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 very small group of people. And, um, and I just don't find a ton of it interesting. Now I'm not, I'm not telling anyone else they should do that, but I'm just, it's just interesting to me that you can't escape into that virtual world. And, and, and what does that do to our senses and what does it do to, to connection? Like we're more connected 
digitally than we've ever been, than any other society or generation or any group of people ever in existence. We're more connected digitally, and yet we feel less connection, lonelier, more isolated, more incomplete, more less happy. I mean, not you, not me necessarily. Maybe it's us. Maybe we felt that. But the numbers show us that society overall feels that. And so like our kids, whether they're in high school or, or middle school or, you know, uh, adults, they so many of them, the statistics show feel less connected and yet they're more connected digitally. You tracking with me on that? So it's really interesting to think about. And then you put that in the context of prescription drug use and violence and depression. It's just, it's just interesting, you all. I don't have the answer. I don't know the point of all of this other than it's interesting for us to think about. And it's not just the case with high schoolers or college age kids or whatever else. It's our employees. They're experiencing a lot of that. And so what's causing that and how, what can we do about it? I don't know. I don't know that the answers are necessarily um, out there for everyone and obvious, but, um, you know, there are some things that, that each of us could do. I just think perhaps one of the takeaways might be, what can we do to cause the people that work with us, for us, that we work alongside, that we lead, that we live with, that we care about? What can we do to cause people to feel more connection? And if you think about that quote or that, that clip from David Bednar, um, you think about, well, what can I do to cause people to not be numb, to feel human connection to the power of a hug, to, to have someone to go to when they're when they're feeling not happy? And 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 I think a big problem with the virtual world is comparison, because the, go back to the gym the other day with the teenagers, the young people posting pictures of themselves working out and their friends are probably looking at that going, well, I'm not at the gym. Or man, I don't look as good as her. Or holy crud, look how toned he is. And I'm either overweight or um, a weakling. And I'm like, I'm not any of that. And so I think comparison. Um, and, and so when we start comparing ourselves, whether it's they have that or they are that or whatever else, I think one of the things that causes us to feel is isolation, loneliness, separation, uh, um, distance. And, uh, and I, and I think that drives us to, to have thoughts and emotions that aren't good. So I hope, I hope, um, I hope this feels appropriate to you, this topic. I just, I, I've had a lot of conversations with different people who've been deeply affected by the school shooting in Uvalde. And, uh, and again, there's lots of different things you can debate about that, but it's, and it's bigger than that. It's broader than that. It just feel like there's something wrong with us in society. Something's not going Right. And it could be a lot of different things. And I, I think we can't solve the world's problems and we shouldn't try to. I think that's just a very frustrating exercise. But I think we can look at us, ourselves. Do we feel connected? Are, what are we doing to increase that? And what can we do for our, the, the people that we care about most, including the people that we lead in whatever capacity that may be? That's what's on my mind in this episode. I hope you're healthy emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, in whatever way. And I, um, and I hope that you're happy. I hope you're doing well. And I'll talk to you all in the next episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. 
Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague. Or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks Podcast with Russ Hill.